You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, July 11th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, or you might be familiar with some of my, related, uh, my baseball-related work, I should say, at the website Just Baseball, where I'm a staff writer. You can go check that out. And they're also, also Padres fans. Do I have a treat for you? Today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned to later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. And boy, what an episode it is today, ladies and gentlemen. And it's because it's been a while since I've done a Monday weekend recap in which the Padres, you know, it's uh, less than less than ideal. It did not go the Padres way this weekend um, in a variety of aspects. And we're going to start by talking about Sunday's game. Not a super duper recap because to be quite honest with you, the game was pretty one-sided and there's not much to talk about in the respect of individual moments in the game. But I'm uh, going to be talking about that first and I will end, of course, on a high note because you guys know. I don't like to only be miserable on this podcast. It's what I do. So we'll save the Friday game for last. But let's talk really quickly about this game. 12 nothing loss for your San Diego Padres. That's right, 12 nothing loss. Maybe the Giants were due for some offense. I don't know. But unfortunately, you can't say the Mackenzie Gore thing, that this is just simply him being due anymore. He goes only three and a thirds innings. He gives up eight hits, eight earned runs once one walk and two strikeouts let me read you Mackenzie Gore's last few starts his last start against the Dodgers five and two-thirds five hits only one earned run though but four walks and three strikeouts against Philly he went five innings didn't give up an earned run but again four walks four strikeouts Colorado he got lit up as we talked about in this show for eight runs and then Colorado the previous time for six runs um it's concerning it's it, it's certainly concerning uh, reading from the San Diego Union Tribune, a piece by Kevin A.C. heading into today's game that I felt, you know, just a, a nice kind of summation of one of the issues that's befalling Mackenzie Gore right now. Um, his first nine games of the season, uh, he was throwing pretty hard with his fastball. He has not thrown, though, heading into today, today's game, a pitch faster than 96 miles per hour in his past four starts, and the average velocity on his fastball is down from 95.3 miles per hour his first nine games to 93.6 miles per hour the past four. And if you want to know what was the average velocity in this game, 93.5 miles per hour. So again, the fastball velocity not necessarily going Mackenzie Gore's way. But, but, as AC continues to go on and talk about, his 94.8 miles per hour uh, average for the season still ranks as sixth fastest among all left-handed starters in the major leagues. The Padres believe he could get back up to 96 or 97 miles per hour next year or even in later seasons. Remember, this is a 23-year-old. Um, and don't get me wrong, I do. I think that there's two separate things to talk about here when it comes to Mackenzie Gore. When it comes to his abilities as a pitcher, 
and whether or not this is a concern going forward. That isn't fair because in fairness, this is a guy that had like a ERA below two at one point. I mean, he was the consensus winner for the National League Rookie of the Year, which I talked about on this show was, you know, maybe a little bit uh, uh, preemptive uh, crowning of Mackenzie Gore as a National League Rookie of the Year, only because also it's very hard for pitchers to win that award typically as well. And I thought a Nolan Gorman or something like that. That's what I said when I last talked about this uh, could win the award. But it's, it's true that he was due for a little bit of regression. This is a guy who fell in the prospect rankings for a reason, although I don't agree with the him falling entirely out of a lot of people's rankings. I thought that was frankly ridiculous, uh, to be quite frank with you. Um, but there were some issues with control. And as I mentioned with the walk stuff, the fastball just isn't hitting the same way it did before. Uh, locating it in the top part of the zone, it it's and, and batters are hitting on it. So that's that's one aspect of it right i don't want to use the sample size to kind of overanalyze and say what this means for the rest of mackenzie gore's career what it does mean though is it's a bad development for the padres because this is a team that is competitive right now this isn't a baltimore orioles who all of a sudden though shots to them are very competitive right now or a pittsburgh pirates or a cubs or something like that where winning isn't necessarily what fans and prognosticators are looking for and judging that team, right? They're not saying this needs to be a playoff team. The Padres do. So what it means for the Padres, if he's going to regress, now we have to see, because again, he could turn, he could right the ship. I know his ERA isn't looking nice right now. You know, uh, not too long ago, it was sitting at a 1.5, right? Heading into a start against the Rockies, and now it's at 4.08. So Again, that shows you how quickly things can just drastically change, right? All of a sudden, June 12th, a month later, the guy is just falling off a cliff, right? But it means that for the Padres, they're one of the reasons that they've been so successful is because starting pitcher depth, all right? You have Cotton Eye Joe Musgrove, who we'll talk about in a little bit. You've got, um, what's his face? You've got Sean Manaya, and then you had Mackenzie Gore, and then you had some starts from Mike Clevenger, and then you had Nick Martinez who could do some good stuff, right? Like, starting pitching has been the reason that this team has been so successful. So if one of the pitchers, forget that it's Mackenzie Gore and he's 23 years old and he's, you know, got a lot to learn and maybe teams are learning about him and they're learning about his fastball, which he throws a lot, right? Forget about that for a second, right? And just in general, forget the name in a vacuum. This is definitely a problem for the Padres if they, because they need, Mackenzie Gore to be good. Don't get me wrong. The rest of the rotation, they can pick things up. Clevenger, maybe he starts to feel his way around. He starts, you know, picking things up. Darvish, I know he didn't have the best of starts. Um, that's actually not true. He was actually not bad this weekend. My mistake. My apologies. It was actually pretty good. But Darvish, not necessarily looking like a superstar ace, but he's been pretty good. If Manaya can step things up, and we know Musgrove's going to be great. If Snell can look the way he's looked in his past couple outings, then it won't kill them. But it is something to keep in mind for the future of this team that has relied very heavily on starting pitching, considering that the offense is all kinds of messed up right now, right? This is not an offense that you have a lot of confidence in. It is an offense that looks lost at the plate, that looks a little bit too jumpy at the plate, dare I say, with certain uh, pitches and whatnot. But even still, I think that this is a team that you can't give up in because I still think that their top-end level talent is still very good. I do have questions about the future, and I do have questions about the way the roster is constructed, but Mackenzie Gore, don't use this too much, too much, as what to judge about him going forward, which is kind of obvious, but yes, it is a concerning um, factor. And we'll have to see if, you know, maybe one more start, uh, whether or not Mackenzie Gore might, they will they send him down? Will they 
put him maybe not in a bullpen role, but maybe that piggyback sort of thing where it's maybe him and Martinez would be the fifth starter or whatever, if that makes sense. We'll have to see. We're going to have to see how the Padres play this because there's uh, there's still a whole lot of season left. And this is a team that, you know, started off the season last year incredible. And then they obviously had the collapse. So we're going to have to see how that all transpires, guys. But before we keep talking about all that, before we keep talking about all that, guys, let me take a second to talk to you about something that's very, very good for you. You know what I mean? It's very, very good for you. It's called Athletic Greens, guys. It helps optimize your immune system. And, you know, I, I want to be healthy, ladies and gentlemen. And I've actually been extremely not healthy lately. I discovered this pizza from Domino's, this honey barbecue pizza that I just am like in love with. And I had some cookies this weekend, an apple pie cookie, weird stuff. But I really am, in all seriousness, trying to be more healthy and start my day right, which is what Athletic Greens can help you out with. What is it exactly, though? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, guys, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It helps you out, man. It's, it's, it's really great, and it's lifestyle-friendly, too. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, they've got you covered, guys. So, so, just because you're listening to this podcast, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Whoa, yeah. Let's keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Potters your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Oh, man. Um, so so where do we go from here? We got to talk about, obviously, the Padres got absolutely spanked, right? They got absolutely spanked in this game. The Giants, you could argue maybe they were due or whatnot for some offensive explosion, at least in some way. But nonetheless, it's still uh, disappointing to see this from the Padres. And that's kind of the story of the weekend was uh, only one run in their last two games of the series. That other game, 3-1 loss to the Giants, uh, in which it was a... A fine start by Yu Darvish. Seven innings, only one earned run on three hits, two walks, six Ks. His ERA, by the way, 3.3 on the season. I have questions about whether or not Yu Darvish last year, maybe it wasn't a question of sticky stuff. I, I certainly think that that had something to do with it because his spin rates uh, fell down last year, um, uh, at least in a considerable amount. Um, in that second half ever since the Sicky Stuff ban, but maybe we were looking at the wrong thing and that the thing with you, Darvish, is actually he's getting older, so maybe he can't last longer into the season the same way. And on top of being an all-star, the way he was pitching at the beginning of the first half, maybe he tired himself out. So maybe that's what we should be looking at him, because actually his spin rates on his, on his stuff is actually pretty good right now. With Darvish, he doesn't look like the type of guy that's necessarily worth the amount of money that he's making. Uh, in the sense that he's making like 18 bajillion dollars, right? Like, I actually don't have his contract right in front of me right now, but, and he's, he's on the books for next year as well. But he's been pretty solid. And I, I mentioned on Twitter uh, this, I'll just re repeat the tweet. I might as well, because I'd like to plug my own Twitter because I'm 
insufferable. Uh, in this, I, I mentioned his line. He hasn't been the usual strikeout warlock, and I've mentioned this on previous episodes. This year, twenty-two point four percent career average. Wait, hold on. Twenty-two point four percent strikeout rate this year, and his career average is twenty-eight point nine percent. That's a steep fall off. That's a steep fall off uh, for you, Darvish, for sure. Especially because we're used to him being that kind of guy and it's yeah it's 19 million this year and then 18 million is next year my apologies guys so he hasn't been that type of quality of a pitcher necessarily i do think that to a degree um you know darvish will not be a guy that you can necessarily believe will uh, you know match up with some of the best uh, the other other arms in the in the division and in major league baseball but the fact of the matter is that he's been just very reliable in the sense that he's been better than Sean Mania in a lot of ways. And he's lasting longer into games. I mean, look at his last bunch of starts. The last time he went less than six innings was May 13th against the Atlanta Braves. And the Atlanta Braves, they're a pretty good team. So in fairness, you know, and he wasn't even awful five and two thirds, five earned runs in that game. He's been able, even in a game against the Cardinals, when he gave up five runs, he still went seven and two thirds. So maybe we're seeing a version of you, Darvish, that is not trying to necessarily overpower hitters and be perfect and be this guy who can rack up 230 Ks, right? And can rack up the first season, of course, right? Like can rack up over 200 strikeouts. Maybe he's just a guy that's going to get you like 150, 160, assuming he's healthy and remains that way for the rest of the season. And he's going to last longer into games. That's what I want to see. I want to see if he's adapting. He's famously a tinkerer, right? This guy is a tinkerer. That's what he's known for. Go read the piece in The Athletic by Andy McCullough. I actually had him on the show a while back to talk about it, right? This is a guy who loves to tinker. So would it surprise me that you Darvish is like, you know what? I can't strike out people the same way. Maybe I shouldn't be going for that. Maybe I should rely a little bit more on my teammates and some good defense and a more hitter-friendly ballpark because also, like I said, with the teammates, the Padres have some incredible defenders with Hassan Kim and unfortunately still hope he's better, Jerickson Profar and obviously Manny Machado, right? So maybe they're saying, he's saying, you know what? Like, let's let's adapt to this. Maybe that's something that happened in the offseason. It wouldn't be surprising. And that's one thing that I talked about preseason is Darvish figuring things out wouldn't be the most surprising thing ever, right? I was a little bit scared about him heading into the year, but he's been really solid. And this game is not on him. It was on the Padres' offense that only put up one run uh, in this game against the Giants. And it was a, a Jose Azokar like kind of bloop hit to Brandon Belt, which resulted in a fielding error. So not a lot there. Wilmer Flores also homered in this game, unfortunately, with two-run home run. And that was what was kind of the storyline of the game for a lot of fans. I mentioned on Twitter that Luis Garcia, and a lot of people are responding to me that he's blown like seven games. I don't know if that's like literally how many games he's blown. I was joking in, in a way about like it just feels like Luis Garcia's blown a lot of games, like like 15 of them. But if it's seven, like, wow, like, I, I might have actually been out of something. And that's just not like a eye test feel thing. Luis Garcia has been really frustrating. He's on a two-year deal. In general, the whole bullpen has been frustrating. Um, and I know that probably Padres fans, myself included, want the team to maybe make some additions in that department. But I will say that a big part of this is injuries, right? Tim Hill, yes, he took a step back. But losing Adrian Morihon and Drew Pomerant and Pierce Johnson and bunch of other guys, right? Even even Robert Suarez, who's been out recently, right? Like, this is a bullpen that's dealt with a lot of injuries. So I don't know if 
this is an indictment necessarily on the Padres bullpen, or it's just showing you they've just been getting killed in the bullpen injuries, right? And that's why the starting pitching has been so important. And that's why Darvish lasting longer into games has been so nice for the team. So in general, that's kind of what um, my feelings on that. Luis Garcia, it was very unfortunate to see him give that up. Right when you're like, all right, he's back to normal. He gives up a big home run like that uh, to Wilmer Flores. It's just, it's rough to see. It's rough to see. You got to hope that the guys get better in the bullpen. Um, for sure. And I should mention, by the way, that Denelson Lamette, speaking of bullpen, uh, got called up again. He, <laughs> oh man, it hurts me to even talk about this. He got brought, he got recalled from AAA uh, in that Sunday game that they lost 12 uh, nothing. He gave up over two and a thirds innings. He gave up three earned runs. He did get to strike out four, but I mean, the game was lost at that point. But Lamette, I don't really know what else to say about the guy. I think that the Padres were hoping. That at best, maybe he can be a dynamite bullpen arm. But it's really looking like uh, the Tommy John surgery that he seems to have foregone or foregoed uh, in heading into the 2021 season. That that it, that was probably the right course, that he should have taken the Tommy John surgery. Because it's not like he was super old. And now we're just looking at a guy who looks kind of like damaged goods. And I don't want to be mean, but this guy was an absolute ace Cy Young contender with that devastating slider, and now he's just a shell of himself, right? Um, so that's really sad. That's a really sad development. And the fact that the Padres were, I don't know if you guys remember, um, my listeners, that there was like a report that they were eyeing to trade him. And when I saw that, that the Padres were willing to trade him, I'm like, this front office seems to not know how to sell high on players. So that tells me that they think he's not any good. So they're trying to trade him before people figure that out. So that's my vibe. Not that they're like, he's dynamite. Let's trade him because we can get a lot for him in other areas that we need. No, this is a front office. That's like, we just now realized that maybe the Padres first baseman is a problem. Who I haven't talked about at all on today's episode. Not really much to talk about with him anyway, but anyway, uh, also in the three, one game, I'm willing to say for this game, Carlos Rodon's a beast. You know what I'm saying? 112 pitches. He goes a complete game, nine innings, only one earned run, struck out 12. Carlos Rodon, when he is healthy, is in the top 10 for almost like every category and across all Major League Baseball, whether it comes to his strikeout rate, whether it comes to his ground ball percentage that he generates. He's awesome. F4, whatever you kind of want to go to, Carlos Rodon is good. So I'm willing to give them the pass, the Padres offense, or at least understand it more but for Sunday's game against Alex Wood who I've been kind of wrong about I wanted the Padres to get Alex Wood uh well he carved them up seven innings eight K like that was one that the Padres should have bounced on a little bit more and of course they didn't um so that's really that's really unfortunate that stinks (sighs) that stinks that stinks but we're not going to end on a totally sour note guys before we talk about the last game the one win that the Padres did get in this series. Let me talk to you about something very, very, very cool. You know what I'm saying? Welcome to the world, guys, of sports cards. And it's reimagined. (laughs) Oh, man, let me tell you. The Sports Card Investor app, it is the hobby's most powerful resource. You can check the value of all your favorite cards, like, really quickly, too, which is great. You can find great deals and profit from the hobby you love. It's available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. It's a must-have for baseball fans. There's over like 630,000 cards from every sport, by the way. Maybe if you're not, I mean, 
if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a baseball fan, but every sport you want to get basketball, football, whatever you want, you can check the values of, of these like seven day and 30 day charts, find all these kind of stuff they have. There's like, you can go back in time, right. And like, see your, like your favorite cards and how much they would be worth, which is really, really cool. Like if you have that car, that home, or maybe something that you used to have and you're like, oh, I wonder how much that was, that was worth the sports card investor app helps you get there. Um, and you can find great deals on all your favorite players and stuff. It's It's got everything. Let me tell you guys. So download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple app stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. Let's keep moving, ladies and gentlemen. Let's end on a little bit of a high note. All right, everybody, let's talk about Friday's game, which was the most lit, of course, of all the games. Padres win this one 6-3 to three after absolutely destroying Sam Long. Yeah, it was a little bit of a bullpen day for the Giants. What can I say? They didn't have one of their ace starters, but the Padres, the Padres, the Padres, they certainly got one from Blake Snell. Six innings, one earned run on three hits, two walks, which was impressive, and especially 11 Ks and 108 pitches. He goes six innings. You don't get that a lot from uh, Mr. Blake Snell. Nick Martinez made it, you know, I complimented him a little bit before. He made it a little bit scary. He ended up giving up two runs, but in this game, the story was clearly Blake Snell. I mean, Blake Snell is a guy that I have been very worried about. I'm worried that this is just a bust of a trade. Um, I still think that you make that trade to a degree um, in a vacuum. I think you do. I do question whether or not the Padres should have traded for so many guys so quickly over the course of one offseason and, and even making signings like Hassan Kim and then just that much, that many assets dished out in a couple of years. That's a lot. So I question that. But Blake Snow, I mean, if he can figure it out, that's that's big for the team. I talked about earlier that Mackenzie Gore, if he's hitting that, you know, rookie bump, right? If he's hitting that point where, yeah, this is the majors, man. Guys are gonna study you. They have all these iPads that they're looking at the sidelines and draw little diagrams and all that stuff. They've got all the analytics too. They got more than I have that I can my, my schmuck. Me and my silly hair that I can give you, right? But with Blake Snell, if he's able to improve, he can potentially amend Mackenzie Gore going through what might be an up and down season because his last couple starts have been really concerning, especially with how hard the contact has been, the home runs from Wilmer Flores in Sunday's game, right? But Snell was great in this game, and that's really kind of all she wrote. Uh, there was a three for three. Or one for three game for Manny Machado here. He drove in three runs and he had two walks with a home run, which was awesome, of course. You love to see that from Mr. Manny. Uh, in the debut of the Padre City Connectors, which I never gave my take on, by the way. I'm a fan. I like it. I like that it's kind of a, it's apparently in kind of an, an, an ode to the Mexican culture and whatnot in San Diego from what I've seen, which is awesome. That's really, really cool. As a Puerto Rican person myself, I love it when any type of Hispanic culture is celebrated. Uh, I like them a lot. They're, they're actually, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, I don't think they're my favorite City Connect jerseys. I think my favorite are probably, I really like Washington and the Cherry Blossom. I like Miami Marlins. Um, Chicago White Sox is really good with the South Side. And believe it or not, I actually think that the Dodgers, again, I'm not trying to do the Dodger-loving thing. I know that they're really basic and simple, but Los Dodgers, like... I thought it's fine. Like, I, I actually think that they didn't have necessarily too much and too many directions to go with. 
I personally think that the angels have the worst ones. Like, your, your name is Angels. That's all you could do? It's just a little swing of the... Anyway, I'm getting too much off track. Uh, off, off, top, off topic. Um, yeah, so Blake Snell was great. Maybe Chowder had some home runs. Keep that game in your mind. Because that is still what the Padres can look like when they're firing on all cylinders. And this is still a team that is going to be heavily reliant on starting pitching. So while Snell has been, again kind of this guy that has felt like a bust when you watch him, doesn't get the same level of whiffs, doesn't get batters to chase nearly as much as he used to. Sometimes that fastball just almost feels like a throwaway pitch when he's throwing it every now and then. He just kind of throws it, and you know immediately, like there's no way anyone's swinging at that. There are some moments with Snell, but had a good game against the Giants, so you have to give him credit, and you have to hope that he can continue this going forward and at least be a pretty good starter. If he could give us Mania value, I'd be pretty happy at this point, right? If he can be that type of quality of a pitcher, I'm not asking for Joe Musgrove. I'm not asking for what he was in his Cy Young season, which more and more is looking like it was a little bit fluky uh, in the sense that he, you know, cut down, that he was able to go so long into games and that the uh, notoriously inefficient pitcher, right? Like he was able to do that. Even still, if he can just be a B, you know, just be a B minus even sometimes, Blake Snell can be a huge asset for this team, although I am. A little bit uh, less than in, less than confident that Snell will be able to keep this up because, you know, last season, his, his last month, which I brought up a lot when he went the fastball slider combo. I know he was really great, but again, sample size really does mean a lot. And in the case of Blake Snell, we're seeing, yeah, just one month doesn't mean he was back. Hopefully he is, though. Hopefully he is because the Padres are going to need him going forward. And the Padres are going to need a lot of help and reinforcements going forward. I don't know exactly what they can do in the meantime when it comes to uh, their outfield. I think the outfield is the biggest thing. I'm actually going to be writing about this for JustBaseball.com, at least hopefully uh, over the coming days. Uh, hopefully is what I'll be able to do and write about the Padres outfield situation following this Jerickson profile injury. You know, Trent Grisham, man. It's funny because everybody knows that the Padres first baseman, the ground ball gremlin, the man who must not be named, right? The, the Just the murderer of, of, of Friar Faithfuls, right? He's obviously the number one enemy of Padres fans everywhere, right? But for me personally, Trent Grisham has been the most frustrating thing about the San Diego Padres this year because I expected it from the Padres first baseman, right? And you might say Cronenworth, he's had a little bit of a myth here, but even him... It's different because at least he's still a really good defensive player and he can play multiple positions and he's been heating up lately and I have confidence that he's going to get better. You could say, oh, um, Blake Snell, right? And Mike Clevenger not being healthy, Denelson Lament. But for me, it's Grisham because Grisham, among all outfielders in baseball, has been one of the worst. This isn't a, let's see here. Let's see, what's a good comp? This isn't like, you know... I can't think of a good, like, like an average outfielder who's doing okay. You know what I mean? Like, I can't think of maybe an Alex Verdugo or, or something like that out of Boston. Or, I don't know, just because I'm seeing that because as I'm recording this, the Yankees-Red Sox team is on. He's been atrocious. He's still hitting below the Mendoza line. And, yes, his walk rate is okay, but the strikeout rate is far too high, and it's not like he's hitting for a lot of power. He's kind of like Joey Gallo, but without the power. He plays good defense. Not incredible defense, but good defense. 
It's kind of like Joey Gallo without the power, guys. Like, to a degree, with less power, right? Like, that's kind of what it feels like. Although, don't get me wrong, Joey Gallo has been a mess too. But Grisham, man. And the fact that Grisham can't be anything close to what he was in the first half of last year and anything in 2020 is easily the most frustrating thing. Like, you couldn't even just be okay, right? Like, Hassan Kim, I asked for him to just be decent. And he's fulfilled that. I've, I've loved watching Hassan Kim this year. Uh, top 11 or so shortstop, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of F4. Like, he's been okay, especially because of the defense. But with Trent Grisham, man, I needed more from you, man. I needed more. I needed more. This is a fall-off almost like any other. The, the daughter, Cody Bellinger is proud <laughs> of this fall-off that Trent Grisham has had, right? Where these bloopers to first base, right? Like... I just see him running them out, and I'm like, it's just this little chopper to first. Seemingly every time, first or second. It's rough, man. It's rough. It's rough, and I don't. I really don't see it getting better. I just don't. I just don't. I know he's young, but, man. And I know that Eric Lauer and Luis Urias, they've calmed down a little bit ever since the beginning of the season, but I'd love to have those two guys instead of Trent Grisham right now, just in terms of in a vacuum, right? Not looking good for the Padres. But even still... Like I said, the positive was Blake Snell did look awesome. 21 whiffs also, by the way. I should mention that across his fastball, curveball, and slider combination, um, which was great. Mostly, he threw like one changeup or whatever. That's good. I mean, if he can perfect those pitches and make them better, then that'll be big for the team. So we'll have to see how it all goes going forward ladies and gentlemen but with all that being said that about does it for today's episode ladies and gentlemen uh for tomorrow's episode i believe i'm going to be talking with ben caspic of the locked on giants podcast the the super biased uh ben caspic of locked on giants that was just a youtube comment i got last time that should be really fun talking about the race talking about what we can expect going forward maybe talk a little bit of all-star stuff this week right because the all-star stuff should be getting announced that is really exciting. That is really fun. Manny Machado and Joe Musgrove will certainly be in there. Actually, we already know about Manny Machado being a starter for the All-Star game. Got a series up against the Rockies for this week as well. And then the D-backs, maybe I'll talk with Millard Thomas. All sorts of cool stuff is in the work, guys. Let me tell you, I'm back. And believe it or not, feeling pretty okay. Every team has a losing skit, guys. Keep the faith. Still a lot of good stuff on this team. And... I think AJ's going to make a move. And you know, I'm going to cover whatever that move is, guys. With that all being said, that about does it. Finally, for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.